We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. City Thunder select Chet Holmgren from Gonzaga University. What a pass. Giddy underneath for JRE. The reverse and the rookie-to-rookie action. SGA defended closely by Westbrook. Tough step back. Gets up the shot. Banks This is Udart. You're listening to the Uncontested. What is up and welcome to the Uncontested Podcast coming to you live Wednesday, July 26th. I'm your host for the evening, Jacob Niffin. I've got my guy, Nick Crane, with me. What it do, baby? We've got Taylor Peterson. Off-season pod. Gotta love the off-season pods. We are brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network and DailyThunder.com. The OG3 tonight, gentlemen. The OG three, three man weave. I love Justin. I love JD. They were picked up after this bus was a little bit down the road, though. <laughs> we we did came all in the hard on the work. We came in on the ground level. Yeah, all the hard work, all Call the good stuff of the young kids right now. Oh yeah, Kamiya was on the ground level as well. Shout out to Kamiya. <laughs> yeah. um, some other people are on the ground level that are no longer around. Um, R.I.P. Hey, just like the Thunder, sometimes you got to have some roster turnover. <laughs> when you pick up a first round pick, sometimes the second round guy's got to go out the door. What can I say? <laughs> hey, if you're getting drafted in the second round, that means you're one of the 60 best players in the NBA. Or Fair in, point. Fair in point. basketball that season. <laughs> Speaking of basketball, not a whole lot of news coming out recently. Um, you know, Jalen Brown signed for. A third, a third of what the Saudis want to pay Mbappe. So, uh, <laughs> for, for about as much as my house costs. <laughs> um, dang, Taylor's got a big old house. Apparently, three hundred million dollars. Yeah, did you say your house costs? Oh, three hundred million. Yeah, no, no, never mind. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. no. Jalen Brown signed 000. a five-year, one hundred fifty thousand dollar contract. <laughs> I was thinking annual. Uh, hey, this guy can't even get Wi-Fi where he looks yeah. crisp in a video. No, He's got a I'm out here in BFE, Goldsby, Oklahoma. Oh my OEC, goodness! OEC is literally. I, I got an email today. They're coming out to like fix improvements. I was so disappointed because we had a you know off season aside here. 
Um, we had a fiber back when I lived in Bigsby. It was the best thing ever. And then we didn't have fiber when I lived in Northwest OKC. Um, and it was fine, but it wasn't as great. So I was super excited to get fiber again. And it's been probably the worst internet I've had. Um, Taylor's internet, you know, like those old timey, um, people would tie like a <laughs> can of beans to like a kite string and they would talk through it. That's what Taylor's internet is. Yeah. Taylor's yeah I'm, I'm on like, dial up right now. They Taylor's will. internet is like uh, Dakari Johnson on a fast break. Oh God. <laughs> Next pulling out all the stops tonight. Or in a scanter playing defense. Non-existent. <laughs> uh, other basketball news. Um, we don't need to talk about the, the Bronny James scenario. So thoughts out to the James family. That's incredibly terrifying. Hoping that he makes a full recovery, can continue his basketball journey. Because uh, that's... Agreed. Which is freaky. great to hear that he was out of the ICU very quickly. Yeah. Terrifying um, that he went to the ICU, but that's... Right. Correct what happened. So hopefully he's okay. Other basketball news, Oklahoma city mayor, mayor, David Holt, solid dude, a uh, friend of the podcast, mayor, David Holt, might I add, got to record with that guy in person. He's like six, six. He, uh, maybe he should have been like the 15th guy. Thunder still have two open two way spots left. So maybe he'll snag one, Nick. Um, but mayor, David Holt gave his state of the city address about a week ago. And got even more in-depth from his proposal last year of the Thunder re-upping and building a new arena in downtown Oklahoma City. The conversation is back, but this time with a little more details. The mayor mentioned he wants to have a proposal to the people of Oklahoma City by the end of the summer. And then a vote before the year is out. Uh, Nick, both you and I and Taylor and Kamiar and Justin. None of us live in OKC proper. I think Silva might be the only one. Silva's going to have to cast a vote for all of us. But some some big news came out of this. The mayor mentioned that there would be no sales tax increase to fund this new arena. And I want to make sure I get this right, that the Thunder ownership would, quote, make a substantial financial contribution to the arena. He went on to talk about how the Thunder are the only team in the league that had an arena before an NBA team. As far as square footage is concerned, I believe the Thunder have the smallest arena in the league. One of. One of. It's definitely bottom five. Um, When you take out the very iconic arenas of like MSG. The Thunder have one of the oldest arenas in the league uh, and one of the fewest amenities. And just the need, if you want to be a big league city, if you want to keep the NBA, uh, if you want to bring in big name musical acts and shows and other things, that this is an investment they will have to make. So I guess first off, gentlemen, just now that this conversation has been sparked once more, Uh, Just overall thoughts on the Thunder and possibly getting a new arena. I mean, it makes sense that ownership is is stepping in to make some sort of contribution. He says the word significant. I don't know. Like, we could interpret that all day long. Does that mean substantial? 50%? (laughs) Does that mean even 10% of the cost of this thing is significant to to most people? Um, (laughs) 1% is significant, Nick. (laughs) Yeah, true. 
Um, I think that the things that stick out to me is how quickly they want to move, which is which is promising because if they got this thing approved by end of year, it's still going to be a long time before this thing is like having basketball games played in it. Yeah, for reference, um, the I think the newest arena in the league is the Chase Center in yep. San Francisco, which I believe got built in three years. That's really fast. And uh, the Clippers <clears throat> Arena in Eaglewood is set to open up in uh, this, uh, not this coming season, but the season after, right? And I think that was about be four years. Does that sound right? Yeah. Um, I know the, the Chase Center was all privately funded. So I think that speeds the process up in comparison to something being... It's like paying for a house in cash. Yeah. Silicon when when something is publicly funded, uh, there's obviously bureaucracy that you have to go through with government funded projects. So, um, but f- didn't mean to cut you off just for no. what it's worth. Yeah, yeah. You're probably looking at, I would say four to six years yep. before a new arena opens. Yeah. And I think the just biggest picture takeaway is like how fitting it is that if they were to get this pushed through and like start having announcements and mock-ups and write-ups, like it's just the, the timeline is perfect. Cause we're entering this again, Back to my previous point, it's going to take years to build. But as we enter like this next, what feels like a real era of basketball, like when we think about Thunder eras, when, when we're 80 years old, thinking back about this. Um, and the, still the, doing these podcasts every the, Sunday and Wednesday. God, I hope not. <laughs> the, the two to three years of the kind of in-between rebuild, we'll probably think about, but it's not going to be like really lumped into an era. Like we're about to enter the next true era of basketball. Um, it's fitting that like, this era of basketball with Chet and J-Dub and Josh and Shay, we're going to see them in the the pictures and their hard hats and boots, you know, as they break ground and they're going to be the ones like cutting the ribbon and a couple, like, it's, it's going to be very, very fitting for truly what is the next era of Thunder basketball. I love that you mentioned that timeline, Nick. That's something I actually hadn't really thought a lot of, um, but you're exactly right. Like when we think about this team, I know there's, there's fans and I even get caught up in it. Sometimes it's like, you know, we, we want to see them competing for a championship in two years, but let's be completely realistic about it. And to your point, look back on the previous iteration of what we're kind of dubbing uh, thunder 1.0. And you think about like how exciting that season was when thunder finally made the playoffs and they're playing against the Lakers and Russell Westbrook has that ridiculous shot uh, being fouled in transition and fast break. And they end up losing to Kobe and the Lakers but they get a standing ovation, right? And that next season was another significant leap. And like you compare that to this team, uh, you know, they they had the breakthrough last year getting into the plan. We'll see what happens this season, but again, a lot to be optimistic and excited about. And you kind of think about the timeline of this team when they could be competing for a championship again and timing that perfectly with the brand new arena. Like how exciting would that, remember Thunder Alley? like all the excitement when this team was in the playoffs and it was Kevin Durant and James Harden, Russell Westbrook making it to the Western conference finals and then making it to the finals and everybody's outside. Like I can only imagine what Bricktown and downtown is going to look like when that happens. I love that you brought that up. I think the only other thing that I was going to mention to directly answer Jacob's question is um, it, it is very promising to me. Not that again, to Nick's point, sure. Maybe it was expected, it's still great to see that ownership is willing to contribute to this because that shows the investment that they have in keeping Oklahoma city thunder here. 
And uh, I think that's really important and significant. I just hope that taxpayers and citizens of Oklahoma City, you know, they reciprocate that uh, and recognize that and recognize all the good that can come from this, not just the thunder, but to Jacob's point, the whole arena and um, the fact that the the billionaires want to keep this team here as well. Like, I think that's, that's really significant and exciting. Definitely. I may, maybe I'm crazy. I don't know. I have a hard time seeing it not pass. Agreed. Um, for those of you who aren't like Oklahomans or live in Oklahoma city, uh, ever since the nineties, uh, really ever since the bombing, the, the city of Oklahoma city has had this maps project to update and renovate um, Oklahoma city. And it's been passed through with flying colors. Every time it it's up for another vote. Uh, I think it's like a one cent sales tax. Uh, it's, it's going to get pushed through very easily. Like I, I don't think there's going to be some people will vote against it because some people vote against anything. Um, but I, I, I think it goes through. And when you think about the economic impact that the thunder have on the community, uh, it's just massive, right? And, and it just it just makes sense. So, the important question that I have for you guys, though, one thing that the mayor has frequently mentioned is amenities, like the seating of the arena, like not that far off from other arenas in the NBA. It's like it's not that they don't have enough seats. It's not that they don't have enough room and like the bowl where the basketball games are actually played. It's all the other stuff. It's the, the concourse, it's the locker rooms, it's the behind the scenes, it's the suites, it's the amenities, it's all of that. So I was going to say, if when this new arena gets built, I want to, I want you to imagine that Thunder Brass and the leadership of Oklahoma city uh, decided to call the uncontested podcast and they asked us what type of facilities I'm thinking primarily food should we put in the concourse for this new arena? Oklahoma, Oklahoma flavor, right? They haven't, they haven't called you guys yet. Not yet. <laughs> Whenever they call and ask, what are your choices for things that they need to put in the arena as far as amenities, maybe it's shops, maybe it's uh, local businesses, but I'm thinking specifically food. What do they need in there that they don't already have? Mm. Really good question. I know. This is the perfect opportunity to bring yes. new businesses and new restaurants to Oklahoma City and debut Plucker's Wing Bar. Oh, I would oh. love that. Okay, I would. I've had so Pluckers excited. once. It's so good. I still it's haven't had good. it. And I, and they're trip. They're interested in in doing that kind of thing. They're actually in the brand new Texas Ranger Stadium. They're one of the the food vendors in there. And nice, big in Texas. I mean, if they moved up north to Oklahoma, I think you got to put them right inside of the new arena. Do we do we think? Here's a not to derail Jacob's question because it's really fun. Do we think that? Uh, actually, I don't know how long Paycom's naming rights deal is i thought it was 10 years do they get grandfathered in at the same rate or is there a renegotiation oh, given that's a good arena I, or i wonder what's in that contract and maybe they have to keep the old one and if they want naming rights for the new one it's like a whole different thing because the new the new, old one's not getting demolished you know mm -hmm. another podcast for another day 
<laughs> Can you imagine being Paycom paying all that money and then they say, actually, we're going to move the NBA team over here. Yeah. Your name can stay on that. <laughs> right. Uh, my vote for number one, it's just an Oklahoma staple. You got to get a Brahms in there. Yeah, that's absolutely have to get a Brahms in there. Not a good one. Okay, but I have one that's going to make you really, really proud, Jacob. I'm ready. And I'm going to be honest. Like, my first thought was something like the press, which I still think would be awesome. They had like a little, a, a little stand in there, whatever. Um, but Nick talked about chicken, which got me thinking. There's get no way they the, put Bobos in get there. Get rid of the Bobos. <laughs> in there. You put, don't have to get rid of it. If they put, put Bobos, Bobos in, there. in there, they also better be building as many restrooms <laughs> as the Clippers are. Because everybody's going to have the bubble guts. I'm actually thinking about getting Bobos this weekend. Um, <laughs> Sorry. That, that, would be, that would be incredible. That's an OKC stable. Don't know if that would happen, but that would be incredible. Agreed. Um, any OKC breweries? I mean, we got to get a prairie oh, in yeah. there, right? Yep. Got to get our friends over at Prairie. Um, Anthem's a great one as well. Stone Cloud's a good one. A lot of good options. I Honestly, they would be probably bidding to make it into the arena. What about... Um, what about if like, so right now I th- is it Mazio's or is it Pizza Hut that has the the agreement? They have all the stands in there. I can't remember which one it is. I want to say it's Mazio's. Pizza- oh, maybe I don't know. What, if you got the chance to change up the pizza spot inside, would you do it? Who would you go with? Oh yeah, mm, that's a really good question. Can I mean, we get Hall's, like, is, Hall's Pizza Kitchen in there? Hall's like, is, that too is my bougie? favorite in OKC, but I, it is too bougie, but it is my favorite pizza. Empire in Slice? But if Empire you could get Empire the in there slinging some slices, Empire oh my Lord. is the one because they have their main Empire store, right? Or Empire restaurant, but they have the Empire Slice shops where you can mm-hmm. go in and literally just get slices or you can get a full pizza as similar, but more limited menus than, yeah. Anyways, yeah. I think that's you could a put a You could put an Empire Slice house in there easy. Yep. And I'd be showing up to games that's at 3.30 p.m. That's the one. I also as soon as about, they unlock the doors, I'm in there. I'm eating yeah. everything. Yep. And I think about, too, like there's the ownership group, and I can't remember who they are. But they own like Fuzzies, um, Jones Assembly, like all sorts of restaurants throughout OKC. Uh, I'm sure they would have something in there as well. Would be dope. I, I also think it'd be really cool, food aside, if some local businesses got in. You know, maybe... Um, I'm going blank right now, but some of like the the local shops that like make local inspired like shop t-shirts. goods, shop goods. Yeah, like like a shop good. Um, get like a pie junkie in there. I'm, I'm back to food again oh, already. Pie junkie. Um, like Kicklahoma. <laughs> uh, these different like lifestyle shops. So not only is the arena open just for like events, but you could go to like a concourse level and like shop uh, and buy stuff. Like that would be really cool. I love that idea. That's such a thunder thing too, like being integrated with the community. I think that you might be on to something. That'd be, it would be <laughs> awesome. Um, I also know they've been planning on building an actual Taylor. You mentioned this earlier, an actual thunder alley, like a, uh, yep. uh, not like a full street. What, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Like the side street between buildings an alleyway, like an alley, an, an alley. Like thunder, thunder alley, alley. Thunder alley? <laughs> leave me alone. All right. It's been a long day. <laughs> But I, I think they're planning on doing that and having like a place where vendors can set up outside for games and things like that. Because some of my best Thunder memories are being outside of the arena, watching the game on the big screen during those playoff runs. 
Yep. Until that one guy like fired shots down there and then they shut it all down. <laughs> Technically, it was a couple blocks away. It was completely unrelated. Yeah. But the, I mean, those are some of the best Thunder memories I have. Those were incredible times. So Agreed. Uh, any other new arena things you guys want to talk about before we move on? I mean, I, I think there will be a lot more to talk about as things get more concrete and, mm-hmm. and the bill comes out and all that good stuff. But um, I guess my my last comment would be if Oklahoma City is going to be a um, professional sports city, I know there's been like all the murmurs of if if this team relocates or the MLB expands, like bring them to Oklahoma City or like a hockey team, NHL I don't, I don't see awesome. happening in the South. Like even Houston is hard having a hard time getting a team. Um, but like this, these are the kind of things you have to see. Not only can the city support it, which we saw when the Hornets came, but also like is the city willing to pay money to make the changes to to keep them around? And so this is this is a big step for the city, I believe. Totally agree. And for what it's worth, I think if Oklahoma City got another professional sports team, my money's on MLS. But uh, I would love that too. That's just me. I'd be all in. All right, let's take our first break of the night. Of the night, on the other side, we'll talk a little bit about roster cut stuff before we get into our game for the evening. We'll be right back. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we are back. Gentlemen, the discourse online has been that the Thunder are eventually going to have to cut some players. And other teams are waiting in the weeds, ready to jump out and snatch these guys up as soon as they get cut. The Thunder are going to have to get rid of these good guys. I love getting in the comments section, the the replies of those tweets, and seeing, are they really going to cut Lou Dort? Because um, it's just... <laughs> It's just chef's kiss. It's it's beautiful. My question for you guys. Number one, do you believe there's really teams out there like waiting for the Thunder to cut certain players so they can pounce and, and get on them? I think 
I think it's a little aggressive. Um, I, there are certainly teams monitoring the Thunder situation because, like I've mentioned, or like we you mean like a good GM that monitors all other twenty nine teams. Correct. Correct, exactly. And I think about a situation like Isaiah Joe last year, right? Like obviously a a solid player who just didn't have the opportunity with Philadelphia. And honestly, looking back on it, like I totally get why they did cut him when they did, but he came to OKC, got a, a battled his way through training camp, got on the roster and we saw him play a huge role for this team. And I, I, I think about what, like what I've talked about, what we've talked about over the past two seasons is like comparing this current iteration of the thunder and this roster, honestly, at this point, one through 21, obviously that will be cut down to 15 plus the additional three, two ways. Um, at the beginning of the season, but comparing that to like two years ago when you have like Teo Maladon at the end of the bench, no offense to Teo um, or, you know, players of that nature. Um, gosh, we were bringing in like Xavier Simpson on two A's and 10 day contracts. And like, you're not n- nearly as invested in those players towards the end of the roster who are playing at the end of the season. Now, like this past season, I was invested all the way from Shea Gilders Alexander all the way down to a, a two-way player who was converted and Lindy Waters, for example. And this year, like the two-way players, Keontae Johnson, right? Like a very invested in Keontae and, and his promise. So I understand why there there's definitely NBA players that will be cut from this roster. And that's why I think rival teams are monitoring the situation. But I don't think they're just like jumping at the bit for a Lou Dort to fall to them. I'd agree. I, th- I think... Um... There's not going to be anybody that gets cut that's going to move the needle. Even like a veteran Rudy Gay who just got cut is not going to move the needle for a team in terms of like championships. Um, it's likely that any of the young guys get that get cut, be it Garuba, be it Tai Tai, be it Jerry, are probably not going to end up being core starters for a team that's rebuilding long term. But I do think that to Taylor's point, Isaiah Jug, that there are benefits to getting some of these fringe guys and seeing what works. Yeah. So I, I, I truly believe there are teams that have had passive conversations that, you know, Hey, when Oklahoma city has to start making these roster cuts, like we should probably get ahead of talking to some of these guys, agents and like getting our, our foot in the door so we can sign some of these guys whenever the time comes. But like the verbiage it's online where it's like waiting to pounce and teams are just <laughs> salivating, waiting. It, come on. No, it's a little aggressive, but like, I, I think what they're getting at, it's like you have a player like an Aaron Wiggins or a Trey Manit. Sorry. I know we'll get into these here in a later question, like specific players, but there are players towards the end of this roster that if it were mid season right now, like teams would probably acquire for like a second round pick or something of that nature. Uh, they don't want to do that right now because players could be cut given the Thunder's current, you know, roster construction. Therefore they could get these players for, quote unquote free in, in regards to how they would acquire them. I think that's probably what these reports are getting at. Agreed. Here, here, and like the reality too, I think every player that could get cut, especially when everyone's saying all these guys are so good, good guys are going to get cut. Isn't it more likely that like they're flipped for a second rounder or it's Correct. like a lot of the totally I would agree. be shocked if all five roster spots that are opened, I guess they wouldn't be open. All five roster spots that are cleared to get down to 15. I'd be shocked if all five were just cuts. Yeah, yeah. that's not going to happen. And here's my thing is like, oh my God, are the Thunder going to cut Tai Tai Washington or Usman Garuba? 
bro, if you wanted them, the Thunder got a second round pick for taking them on. Yep. You so could have went and got them then. Free. Yeah, it was for free. Yeah, like if you wanted them, you should have gone and <laughs> Thunder got paid to take them on. Good point. So who is you kind of kind of got to thread the needle here. Who is somebody on this roster that we get to training camp? Maybe one of these guys that we're talking, maybe JRE or maybe Usman Garuba has like a killer training camp. And they say, we're going to give this dude a chance. Who is a player that has like a realistic chance of maybe just getting bought out that could then get picked up by, let's say, a, a middle of the road team, a, a play in level team, and be like a legit in the rotation guy. I mean, I think honestly looking at this list and sorry, Nick, I was going to let you go first, but you were thinking, <laughs> you looked like you were thinking. Um, I, I mean, again, if not including all depot here, because obviously that's a unique situation, but yeah. if I'm looking at the other guys, like the younger guys on this roster, just about all of them, especially the ones that you listed here, Jacob, like I think they could make an NBA roster I would say the one that sticks out to me the most, though, if I had to choose just one, I'm torn between two of them, but I'll, I'll save the other one for you all. I'm going to go ahead and stick with JRE just because strong fundamentals comes from yeah. a great college program, showed a lot of promise in his first year, and, well, not even a half before he unfortunately got injured. I think JRE would be my pick here. Yeah, but not, I think that's fair, but not make a roster, be in a oh, rotation. Okay. And, and yeah, and being, a, the, I mean, is there a play, is there a like play in team out there that would be like, yeah, JRE is going to be our ninth man and play like 12 to 15 minutes a night. No. Is there anybody else on this list outside of, again? Well, uh, that, that's, that's, what, that's what I'm saying. Maybe JRE plays well and they decide to keep him around and they cut somebody else. Who is a realistic right situation? Cut? Who is a realistic? They're not cutting Poku. Poku. They're not cutting Dort. They're not cutting. Mitchich comes over and sucks ass in, in training camp. They're not just going to turn around and cut him, right? Yeah. Who is a realistic cut that could also make a rotation for a play-in level two? Oh, okay. So Trey. You think That's they cut Trey? The They'll likely trade him, but you, but you asked, like, right, I was going off the list that you provided. Well, you for sure. I'm saying that, that list that I, I put in the dock is like the five guys that are like the most likely to get cut. Right. I'm saying if one of those guys made it and didn't get cut, they made the roster and they had yeah. to cut another person, An existing player. Yeah, I mean, that, whether that, it be Trey point. Wiggins, I think Poku, it'd be Trey. Bertans. I think going Trey above Trey. I would go Trey personally. Okay. And again, to your guys' point, you think like, Trey would make Trey like a? a you think or... Trey could be an eighth or ninth guy on a? I think so. Playing team in the right situation, like for what? example, I was listening to uh, the Cini and Game Theory and. Uh, one of his listeners mentioned like the, the Milwaukee Bucks. Like that's kind of fun, him coming off the bench. And what if he plays well enough during the regular season, gains enough confidence, fits well in the system. And I'm not saying he plays like even 12 minutes in a play in or playoff game, but he could crack the rotation on a, on a given series. Interesting. I think it's an unlikely cut because he has two years of money, but Berton's has the clearest pathway to being a rotation player on a team in the league. Like he, he was until he had the slump year after getting paid 
doing a little bit in Washington, going to Dallas, never getting a rotation. Like he, if anybody that could get cut does get cut, I think he has the clearest pathway to, to get back at NBA rotation. For sure. That's a lot of money to cut. Yeah. And again, I don't think he's going True. to get cut because of the two years. For sure. But if, if we're no. asking the question. That second year is only like for $5 million. Is that mm-hmm. right? Do you guys for remember? Sure. If yep, he doesn't play correct. a certain amount of games this season, that's which is like, I can't remember the 75%. Game. There's no way okay. in hell he's playing. He hasn't played 75% of the NBA games in like seven years. Um, I think mine's probably Still. Wiggins. Like, I think Trey has more upside, but Wiggins is so much more of a safer player. You know, I could see somebody picking up Wiggins and just giving him 10 minutes off the bench. Um, You know, maybe like a, maybe they're a little past playing level, but like the Sacramento Kings. Like, I think Wiggins would play for the Kings. I think Wiggins could play for the Miami Heat, had a lot of people walk out the door. Like if they cut Wiggins and and the Heat picked them up, I could definitely see Wiggins like playing for the Heat, you know, teams like that. And so, I think Wiggins would probably be mine, just because he's a little bit older, and has a little bit higher floor than a Trey Man. That's probably the direction I would go. Um, so we mentioned three names: Trey, Wiggins, Bertans. After those three. Those are the only other three options, right? Nobody else on that roster has a chance of getting cut. Um, they're in the starting five. Yeah. And and sorry, we, I guess we didn't even mention all the names that you uh, listed in this original question, Jacob. But uh, you mentioned Depot, JRE, Jack White, Ty Ty Washington, and Usman Garuba. That's the other ones. Yeah, those. So, so there's five, and then if we throw in Trey <clears throat> Wiggins, Bertans. And, and there's there's no other chance that the rest of the guys are safe, right? Yeah. I think and the if, next one would be Poku. What do you think, Nick? Yeah, and no, I, agreed. I, and we're getting into like territory of wouldn't happen, barring like right. he, he's not recovering from an injury and it's, he has a setback. He's going to be out months and months. But I, I just want to conceptualize. If if the five cuts were Oladipo, JRE, Jack White, Ty Ty Washington, Usman Gruba, right? I think we'd all agree is probably the most likely they would have essentially from last season's roster cut JRE and gotten paid six second rounders for doing so. That's absurd. So like, yeah, where, he, is, he also where is eating this? A, Yeah. Eating a lot of dead money, but right. you had to anyways. Yeah. But that's, that's, that's using your cap space as, as an asset as Presti literally told us. Like mm-hmm. it's funny every year. Well, I guess technically Lindy waters as well. Yeah. Who so you come back on JRE and Lindy, way. you brought in Kaysen and Mitchich. Yeah. You got six seconds. Yeah. And Lindy might come back on a two way on top of it at all. Yeah. So the the Twitter discourse that Oklahoma City has too many good guys and teams are pouncing. Sure. Let's let's go see everybody pounce on JRE and Jack White and Ty Ty Washington and Usman Garuba, who they just got paid for taking. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I think if you're pouncing on those guys, you're pouncing on them to give them a two way deal. Yeah. And that's fine. But we talked about it last year. Oh, who's going to be the roster cut? Like, it didn't matter at the end of the day. It was like good podcast content, but it didn't matter. And if these guys are all cut candidates, let's say one of Oladipo, Jerry, Jack White, Ty Ty, and Usman make it, which was the point of the exercise. Like, who 
outside of those five gets cut for one of them making it. You're assuming the guy that makes it out of that group is the 15th man mm-hmm. on the exactly. team. Exactly. So like, probably so not going to play. Anyways. Gives you it gives your main players some rest during the regular season. Okay, maybe, maybe, <laughs> right? Exactly. Um, I, I I think, and it's a good exercise, and it, it's a good thing to think about because the Thunder do have more depth than they did last. Or when I say last year, I mean like whenever they were cutting or trading Ty Jerome and Teo Maladone, right? Like that the depth is better for sure, but it's still like, yeah, right. You know, this conversation gets interesting when you have 17 guys and you're looking at, are we dumping next off season, Vasily Michich or Jay will, or are we looking to package and move on from a Usman Jang or a case and Wallace that's when the conversation gets interesting. Yes. And right and now we're, we're talking, those... we're literally talking about like shuffling around the end, the, like the back end of the deck of cards that you're really never going to play. And then like, even on top of that, it's do you, or the other option, do you keep all those players, but then just not take anyone on with the future draft capital that you have in the, the next couple of seasons, primarily this next year where they have so many in 24, like, well, I think too, we got to consider, yes, it will be more competitive next year. But if this team is good and the top end of the roster is performing at a high level, there's going to be a Bertans that doesn't end up being a reclamation project and he's an easy cut. Or Isaiah Joe is kind of a flash in the pan. Now he's shooting 36% from three, and maybe he's not a guy for the future like we thought. Or maybe it's a. Um, Jay will has like a JRE scenario where he was mm-hmm. great as a rookie and, and isn't as great as in a year two. And maybe this time next year, those three guys were saying like, man, it kind of sucks for letting them go, but it, it, it's what happens. It, yeah, you right. can't have 15 guys that ball out every year. There's going right. to be guys that this time next year, we're going to have the same conversation and it's, mm-hmm. it's a good problem to have. Definitely. And we've talked about the philosophy of just keep on kicking picks down the road. So that way you can supplement each year with, First level talent, yeah. The, First the round hope, level talent. The hope I is mean, that you're the Denver Nuggets and and you're at you know not the Denver Nuggets, but you're this team competing for a championship. You need cheaper contracts because yeah, Shea, and, and, Giddy, and that's Josh, the, and that's and the year you, you have Brown. a top five protected Denver pick. Exactly, and you, you know? get your Christian Brown type that can help contribute to the championship team. Yeah, sorry, Speaking, not to interrupt you. I thought that no, was. for sure. Speaking of, um, we'll get to this in a second. I just. I look at what the Houston Rockets are doing. I just think, man, the Thunder are getting picked number eight next year. Oh, man, that's exciting. Like, I really do. <laughs> um, I also wanted to ask you guys, since we're talking about this roster turnover, Mitchich is signed to a two plus one. Does he sign a second deal in Oklahoma City? Oh, Not in Oklahoma so City. Tough. No, I. I feel very strongly no. NBA deal, yes. I don't think he's in OKC after three years. Maybe not after two. That's an easy one to rotate a 32, 33-year-old guard out and bring in another first-round pick. That's definitely the same answer. It's kind of like they did this on purpose, you know? Maybe there's a plan going on. I don't know. Give them a give them a trial run here. And then yeah, no, that's a a good point. It's on their roster spot down the down the road. Maybe just wrapping up this segment. Uh, or before we wrap up this segment, 
there's two comments here. I actually want to put them up back to back rather than uh, because they go really well together. Wade Johnson uh, being kind of funny based off his comments earlier, but how can you guys call yourselves OKC fans? Presty would look to get value before cutting anyone. And then Matt Clarkson said six seconds so far. And so I think uh, our responses to both of those are yes, no shit. Obviously Presty <laughs> is trying to trade each in every one of these players for anything from a first round pick to a second round pick. But the reality is, and given the the Thunder's current situation, they do lose a little bit of leverage here based off the fact that they have to cut down to 15, uh, you know, full contracts. And then again, the, the three, two ways yeah. also just takes one. Hey, you guys want to pick up Usman Garuba after we buy him out? Well, your rival team over here just offered us a top 40 protected second round pick for him. We're going to trade him and you're not going to get to buy him out unless you offer us the th- top 35 protected. Right. I, and I think, I think there's also a world where you could trade an Oladipo, a Tai Tai and a JRE for another crappy contract. But yep. like, you get more assets. That's expiring. You're, you're, you know what I mean? Or, or it's just consolidating at that point, mm-hmm. you know? So they're being discussed don't you worry my point is yeah that that wasn't the point of this exercise Um, this was in a nutshell if thunder if presti is unable to trade some of these guys who would be those cuts for sure all right let's take our next break of the night on the other side we're going to look at the western conference and decide who got better It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. And we are back. All right, Nick, we are without Taylor for a moment. So you are first up. Congratulations. Simple game. I'm going to go through the Western Conference. I'm going to give you a team, kind of tell you what they did in the offseason. Okay. And I want you to decide, did they get better? Did they get worse? Or did they stay the same? Okay. I figure we'll do 14 and leave OKC out because we will go in depth with this. Uh, because this is an Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Yep. Uh, alphabetically, we're starting with Dallas. Uh, they got off the Bertans contract. They drafted Derek Lively the second. They also picked up on draft night Rashawn Holmes and drafted Olivier. Is it Olivier? Olivier? Maxence Prosper. Uh, they re-signed Kyrie Irving. They brought Dwight Powell back. They ran a really big sign and trade to get Grant Williams from Boston 
they sent out Reggie Bullock and a first round pick. Um, they signed Seth Curry, Dante Exum. Uh, and that is, I think, pretty much all they did. So out would be Davis Bertans uh, and Reggie Bullock. And I think that's it. Uh, coming in would be Derek Lively, second, Rashawn Holmes, Olivier Maxer, Maxence Prosper, uh, Grant Williams, Seth Curry, Dante Exum. Derek Lively. Derek Lively, sorry. Uh, clear improvement. Um, do I believe that Kyrie and Luca will work? Still no. But on paper, that's a much better roster. Still have a glaring hole at center. Like Dwight Powell is still the starting center, which is super concerning. But should be better. Better roster. So improved. Yeah. I think they got depth at center for sure. Yeah. Um, Lively is young, but good upside. Uh, I like Rashawn Holmes. He's just small. Like, yeah, I think six, he's like nine. six, eight, six, eight, yeah. nine. Yeah. I like his game though. Um, yeah. Quintessential got that dog in him kind of guy. Yeah. Rex, uh, Rex. Seth is nice yeah. just to shoot. He's also, old. I didn't realize how old Seth Curry is. What is, where do the years go, Nick? They're, I mean, all the guys that were, when we started this pod, all the guys that were like the, in their prime kind of guys are, the old men now. Jesus. What do you think about Dante Exum? I don't think he'll be a huge piece of the rotation. Like Neither I think I. he'll be in kind of the, the Frank Nittikina role where it's this, like, this is a shot in the dark. I think he'll, he'll play. I mean, same with the, they, they like to explore. They did, they did Kimba Walker last year. There's been several instances in the past where they've taken flyers on some guys that have talent, but haven't made it in the league for whatever reason. Um, Kimba's case was injuries. I'm not saying Kimba never made it in the league, but I, I just see him being a guy that in February when four guys are hurt and they're load managing against the Hornets, he gets minutes, but yeah, not regularly. I do. I don't want to spend much longer on this. We got 13 other teams to go through. I do think Grant Williams was a really good pickup for them. Uh, just kind of, I think, as far as what you need to fit around those other guys, I think Grant is perfect for that. I think that was a really good get for yeah, them. Agreed. Let's move on to the Denver Nuggets. They drafted Julian Strother, Jalen Pickett, Hunter Tyson. Um, they brought in Justin Holiday. Uh, they re-signed Reggie Jackson. Uh, any other big moves? They. Um, lost why am i going blank on his name the the wing from brooklyn that they brought in was it from brooklyn bruce brown bruce brown they lost Pacer. bruce brown which was a, a and jeff green mm-hmm. uh this side i'm looking at has who they signed not who they lost so that's a uh, mildly problematic denver nuggets get better get worse stay the same i'd say I want to say slightly better because I think the three rookies they took were guys that are experienced veteran college players that could impact kind of like a Christian Brown. But that's Christian Brown's important though. He is. He is right. Um, like they're good. I don't know if they're replicating Bruce Brown good, which is why I'm this early. Time, which is why I'm having a hard time saying yeah. better. But I do think on the flip side, 
continuity consistency, which got them the ring in the first place, continues to get better as time goes on. And like their core, as good point. as Bruce Brown was, is still there. And like MPJ will have another year under his belt playing in a big moment and meshing with the team. So like, I, I think they'll be, if not the exact same, slightly better. Okay. I was, I, I would just... go, I would go stay the same or a slight shift back. Exactly what I would, yeah, that was my thought. All right. Any other thoughts on Denver? I think that's a pretty easy one. I mean, yep. we're talking about the team that won the title. So Golden State Warriors um, brought in Brandon Podzimski. Pod, Podzimski. I'm probably mispronouncing that. No. Trace Jackson really? Davis. Um, they lost Dante DiVincenzo. They lost Jordan Poole. They brought in Chris Paul, uh, Ryan Rollins. They got rid of Patrick Baldwin Jr. They signed Corey Joseph, who might be a million years old. Uh, <laughs> and they also signed Dario Saric. I like seeing uh, those two young guys, Rollins and uh, PBJ, watching them in Portland when we were in Vegas. That was fun. Get see them in the small gym. Uh, or sorry, I said Port. No, it is Portland. Washington. Or Washington. Dang it. I was trying to, that's the, I was like, is it Washington or Portland? Um, it was cool. Kind of get to see them in person. I think those are good projects for Washington. Anyways. Yep. So for Golden State, out would be uh, Patrick Baldwin Jr., not really important. Uh, Jordan Poole, Dante DiVincenzo in the rookies, Pods and Trace Jackson Davis. Chris like Paul comes in. Corey Joseph comes in. Dario Saric comes in. They got much older. They got I mean, better. This is one you think they got better. I kind of think they're just kind of the same because chemistry, uh, on court chemistry issues potentially with Chris Paul coming in. I can see what you're saying, Nick. Are, are you thinking like higher ceiling based off the moves I, they I, made? I just, I just think like a surface level thought would be they lost Jordan Poole, who scores a lot of points, and they brought in an old Chris Paul who could be injured. But like in terms of what wins games in the playoffs. I just think Chris Paul, if he's healthy, takes him to a whole nother level. Just. I think the potential for better is there. I just, I worry about injuries. This team is very old. The if gets bigger. And you mentioned if Nick, like if he's healthy, that if gets bigger and bigger each season to Jacob's point, just because he's aging. I do get your point though. I think this team maybe has a higher ceiling. I just, I don't know. I, I kind of want to just put them at the same. I think they're better. I, I I genuinely think they're a better team. Fair. Next one. We're going to need a minute. The Houston Rockets. <laughs> oh, goodness. Boy. They brought in Amen Thompson, Cam Whitmore. Uh, they lost Dacian Nix. They lost Kenyon Martin Jr. Uh, they lost Ty Ty Washington. They lost Usman Garuba. Um, did I already say can I did already say Kenyon Martin Jr. Um, they signed. I forgot this. They signed Jock Landale mm-hmm. because that was a good idea. Uh, they Rick signed. Didn't work out. <laughs> not signed, but traded for. Um, wait, Patty Mills went to the Hawks. Mm-hmm. They signed Jeff Green. They signed Fred Van Vliet. They're the only people on planet Earth that thinks it's a good idea to give Dylan Brooks twenty million dollars a year. <laughs> Um, <laughs> they traded Josh Christopher. They signed Aaron Holiday. So, 
in recap, they lose Josh Christopher. They lose Kenya Martin Jr., Usman Garuba, Tai Tai Washington, Dacian Nix. They bring in Amen Thompson, Cam Whitmore, uh, Jock Landale, Jeff Green, Fred Van Vliet, Dylan Brooks, Aaron Holiday. I will Did kick the us Rockets off. get better, get worse, or stay the same? I will kick us off with my shortest answer on the podcast ever, unless you guys uh, go into detail. I'm ready for the shortest answer for Taylor ever. It might only be three minutes, Nick. <laughs> it starts all the way back when the Houston Rockets were founded. And, oh, no, I'm just kidding. They got better in the short term, but worse in the long term. Totally agree. To be seen, but I, I think they got better in the short term as well. Um, they definitely got better in the short term. They'll win more games than last year because it's almost impossible not to. Yeah. But they sacrificed a lot of their forward mobility. Um, I don't like it. I, I truly believe if, if they own their own pick in 24, they would be given Amin Thompson and Jabari Smith Jr. and Jalen Green and all these guys 35 minutes a night. And, run and the I would argue again. they still should be, even yeah. if they don't own their own pick. Yeah. Uh, I saw a Rockets fan talking about like, what's a man going to average in his 15 minutes a night? And that just seems ugh. like malpractice. A man should be playing like 30 minutes a night. Agreed. Yeah. Next up, we gotta, we're going to try to move fast to the rest of these ones. Uh, the Clippers. I think there's a lot going on here as well. Um, they bring back Russell Westbrook. Uh, they wave Keontae Wallace. They... Uh, <laughs> they lose Eric Gordon. They bring in Kenya Martin Jr. Uh, they sign Mason Plumley, and that's about it. Slightly worse, but again, like doesn't really affect a whole lot. It, it all depends on if Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are actually going to play basketball. Yeah, and Harden dependent as well. I just good yeah. point. I. I do not understand the LA teams and their infatuation with mediocre ass players. Yep. The Lakers wouldn't trade THT. The Clippers won't trade a 27 year old Terrence man. Like just do it. I promise you if this team crumbles and Paul George and Kawhi Leonard and on this team in a year, Terrence man's not going to be the centerpiece of your rebuild. He's going to be 28 at that point. Get rid of him, bring in Harden, see what happens. Totally agree. Let's move on to the other LA team, the Lakers, who drafted Maxwell Lewis. Um, they got rid of Mo Bamba. They got rid of Malik Beasley. Um, where's their other moves? They bring in Tari and Prince. They bring in Gabe Vincent. They bring in Cam Reddish. They bring in Jackson Hayes. They bring in Jalen Hood Shafino. And they retained some of their other guys, either on extensions or re-signing. So out the door would be Malik Beasley, Mo Bamba. In the door, Maxwell Lewis, Tarian Prince, Gabe Vincent, Cam Reddish, Jackson Hayes, Jalen hood Shafino. Did they get better, get worse, or stay the same? I think it's another, even without, I mean, I think they drafted very, very well. 
Um, even like Castleton undrafted, I think is going to be a, a really solid player. Um, I think the continuity again, kind of like the nuggets, but in a different way, like just that roster being together again for another year is going to be big. I think that they have improved. I think they've improved as well. Agreed completely. I, I would definitely say that they got better. I wanted to like hate Polinka just because big market GM and, uh, you know, quote unquote run by clutch, but that's not the case at all. He's done an incredible job over the past couple of seasons. I think he's one of the best in the league. All right. The Memphis Grizzlies draft Gigi Jackson. They bring in Marcus Smart. They trade away Tyus Jones and a handful of sec- or first round picks. They bring in Derek Rose. They lose Dylan Brooks. They bring in Josh Christopher. And that's about it. Better. And I know everyone's going to hate on John Morant and say he's going to miss games. And can Marcus Smart be as good as John Morant in the meantime? Who cares? What matters is March, April, May, June. And I think this team, when when Jaw's back and gets his legs back under him and they're fully healthy, Mark, I'd rather have, I mean, really, if you think about it, it's, it's a wash. It's like they replaced Dylan Brooks with Marcus Smart and there were some auxiliary pieces around the edges that that came in and out. Eric Rose, sure, could be cool, but let's let's just consider him not a factor. Like, give me Marcus Smart over Dylan Brooks. I, I know Tyus Jones is really good off the bench as well. I love I think, Tyus Jones. I think Marcus, yeah. Marcus is... I'd rather have Marcus than Tyus Jones and Dylan Brooks. I mean, Marcus, to your point... Marcus fits Memphis like a glove. Like, that's one of the best right. fits in the league. Yeah, he's, he's going to yep. be great. I think they're going to be better. And I like, think you're getting the same level of grit and toughness that you had in Dylan Brooks, but you're losing the jackassery and you're getting an adult that's going to hold guys accountable. Yep. Like, if Marcus Smart sees Jaw pull out a gun, he's going to whoop his ass. Yep. And also, like... Maybe we're discounting how good Dylan Brooks, or sorry, gosh, Dylan Brooks, Desmond Bain, <laughs> and Triple J can be, assuming Triple J can stay healthy. Like They might be okay until Jaw gets back to the next point. All right, let's move on. The Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, draft Leonard Miller. Resign Nas Reed. Um, they signed Troy Brown Jr. They signed Shake Milton. Uh, they extended some guys, and they brought back Nikhil Alexander Walker. Timberwolves better, worse, or the same? I don't know about how much better, but they're better. Agreed. Slightly, I think that, slightly I think better. I'm noticing a theme with the Western Conference. That's the point of the exercise. Slightly better. Yes. <laughs> I would agree. I think Minnesota got better as well. I like some of the stuff they did. I think Leonard Miller is a great pickup for them. Yeah. I just don't know how they're going to play all their bigs. Yeah. Agreed. All right, next team is the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, Not a lot of movement here. They draft Jordan Hawkins. Uh, They pick up some options on some guys. They waive Garrett Temple. They sign Cody Zeller. uh, And they signed last year's draft pick, who was injured, EJ Liddell. So Garrett Temple out, EJ Liddell, Cody Zeller, uh, Jordan Hawkins in. Better or worse or the same? I think about the same, which to be clear, 
the same if Zion's healthy as like a fourth seed in the West. Mm-hmm. Health was a big, big thing for them. Retweet. But yeah, I, I would say about the same as well. I don't think any of this stuff was like Cody Zeller's not moving the needle. EJ Liddell's not moving the needle. Jordan Hawkins could be nice. Don't know how much he's moving the needle. Easy one. I like it. Uh, our next team, we're skipping the OKC Thunder. This one's going to be a long one, boys. <laughs> Just for me to read off all the, the crap. Let's, let's not read this one because I think everybody probably knows because it's all Phoenix. over social media all yeah. the time. Phoenix Suns, better, worse, or the, or the same? Better. We can, talk better. About, we can talk about the depth and yada, 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 but they're a better team. I, I literally, believe it or not, I have nothing else to add. That is, that's Phoenix in a nutshell. Yep. They are I agree. heavy. Um, <clears throat> this next one, also a little bit difficult. Uh, the Ooh. Portland Trailblazers, who draft Scoot Henderson, Ryan Rupert, Chris Murray. Um, they lose Kevin Knox. They re-signed Jeremy Grant and Matisse yeah. Thibel. Really, this is an incomplete because we don't know what the Dame trade's going to be. True. I think the only thing that like, I just want to give a shout to Mike or give a shout out to the Blazers for hiring Mike Schmitz because man, like these last two drafts, what he's I don't want to say what he's done. It's obviously a team effort, but he has a huge influence on that. I love the youth that they brought in these past two drafts, given their situation where they picked. Um, really impressive. Totally agree. Um, I think in the long run, Portland got after the we're at the incomplete. It gets completed when Dame gets traded and they get significantly worse. Yeah. Maybe the opposite of I might just say the opposite of Houston. I said that Houston got better this season, but worse long term. I think Portland got worse this season, but better long term. Is that fair? Yeah. Um, Sacramento Kings, they lose Rashawn Holmes. Uh, they bring in Chris Duarte. They lose PJ Dozier. They bring back Alex Len. They sign Sasha Vesnikov and Nerlens Noel. A lot He's of just minor, really good. A lot of just minor moves. Yeah. Sasha's the equivalent of a Mitchich, though, in terms yep. of he's going to be really good for them. He, he I like solid. him a lot. Um, I think they had a sneaky—I wouldn't say sneaky good, but sneaky solid offseason. Like for a team that was like the surprise flash in the pan last year that couldn't get done in the playoffs. I think they've they've gotten better. This I, I'd give them the slightly better, slightly better. I would put them at about the same, maybe slightly better. Yeah. San Antonio Spurs bring in Victor Wembanyama, City Sissoko. Um, they sign Sanjo Mamu Mamu Kalashvili. Good <laughs> I lord! I know. I can never. <laughs> uh, they sign Julian Champagny. Uh, I totally better. forgot about this trade. They got Chetty Osman. I know. I, I saw that early. I literally saw that earlier. And they today. got um um Reggie Bullock. Reggie Bullock, Lamar Stevens, campaign. campaign, campaign, Thunder, Thunder, uh, dance, great, better. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's Wimby. You added Wimby. You got better. Yeah. Correct. 
But even the auxiliary pieces, like solid. Like a lot of those guys yeah. were rotation Agreed. pieces on. I had no teams. clue they got Chetty Austin. Hey, they apparently offer, or sorry, did not offer. They thought about offering Austin Reeves a pretty solid contract, um, but were worried that the Lakers would wait and then match, which therefore would you know, tie them up and, and allow them not to be able to make moves like they did bringing on like, what was it? Jang, um, that they brought in and, uh, somebody else. Anyways, our last one, the Utah jazz draft, Taylor Hendricks, Keontae George, Bryce Sensabaugh. Um, they trade for John Collins, uh, in that they sent out Rudy Gay. So they lose Rudy Gay. Uh, they lose Vernon Carey Jr. Oh no. Um, they trade for Damian Jones. They sign Omer Yurt seven. And they got Johnny Juzang. OKC Blue, great. They're a sneaky play-in team. Ooh. I genuinely think they're a snake. Last year, until they intentionally kind of blew it up to the end, they were just like the Thunder up there in the in the same kind of mm-hmm. record frame. I mean, they John Collins as Bad as his contract is, a player that moves the needle a little bit for them. Their I'm draft kind of, was incredible. I think their team got better. I have a hard time seeing them as a sneaky playing team, Nick, just because every team we went through, we said, "Oh yeah, they got better. Yeah, they got better." Exactly. And what I, I think was thinking. they I didn't. Of- they didn't. I don't think they jumped anybody. I just think everything slid up the slid scale. up. Agreed. But I think if if my hands. If this is the Rockets down here and this is the Jazz up here and the Rockets got this much better, I think the Jazz got this much better to to be equally as competitive as them. For well, sure. I, no, I, I, I don't disagree. And I still think Utah's going to be better than Portland and Houston San and San Antonio. San Antonio. Yeah. But that might be where the list ends because I don't don't know if they're going to be better than Oklahoma that's, City. That's a spot or two within the plane. I mean, so, I mean you got to consider them. Then it comes down true. to injuries, right? Like what team gets unlucky with injuries? Unfortunately, yeah. that's very yeah. fair. No, I, I maybe uh, maybe um, marketing comes back like super yoked from the military, has like a bullet wound. <laughs> it's just tough as shit. So. Why don't you tell the listeners, I think they probably picked it up. Moral of the story, Western Conference, what does this tell us? It's tough. It's incredibly tough. Like, we all think, I, I say we all, speaking as like the Thunder community, they're on the rise up. They're ready to go. Maybe they skip the play-in next season. Everyone, like nobody in the West is tanking. Correct. Last year, Houston wanted to lose. San Antonio wanted to lose. We thought Utah wanted to lose. We thought Oklahoma City wanted to lose. Portland didn't want to lose. They just sucked, right? Minnesota, like, was teetering. Everyone right now, like, there's nobody that wants to tank and get a number one pick. Almost everybody has their foot on the gas. Like, maybe San Antonio doesn't care about making the play-in. Like, I could see that. Besides that, everybody is entering October with the pedal down to the floor. Now, we might get to December and teams realize, Oh, we are bad. Maybe we pivot. But going in, like, it's going to be a bloodbath. And I now think I, other teams, I think the Thunder, when you look at trajectories, if we like put it on like a, a, a plot and we said, here's the trajectory of all these teams for the next five years, I think upward trajectory, the Thunder might have the highest or close to the highest upward traje- trajectory in the Western Conference. 110%. <laughs> but they're young, they're inexperienced, and you have teams like 
the Suns and the Lakers, even teams like Minnesota who just have way more experience and older dudes that are just kind of ready to go. But I think in a couple of years, as you see those teams hit their peak and start going over that curve, the thunder on that graph are just to the freaking moon. So I'm with Nick here in regards to, I don't think this 2024 draft class is nearly as quote unquote weak as uh, so many people are saying. However, it's 110% correct that there is not like a consensus top player. I mean, I think Ron Harper is probably my favorite, probably Nick's favorite. Regardless, he's not a Wimby. Uh, none of those guys are a Wimby or even a Scoot or even a, I mean, gosh. I, like an Amen? Yeah, even an Amen or a, a Sar. So because of that, I'm not sure we see quite as much uh, like – Come December, to your point, Jacob, I don't know if we see teams truly like I, I think they could see themselves trying to uh, make a move come February trade deadline and, and trying to go like I think it'll be a very, very competitive Western Conference all the way through is kind of what I'm getting at. It's going to be interesting. I don't know. We said everyone got better. I don't know how much of a jump teams made to jump other teams around them. Wait, because Nick, did I say that wrong. It, it's not Holland. What did I say? You said Ron Harper. Oh, Harper. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, before we get out of here, any One lasting of thoughts names. before we sign out until Sunday? No, I hope that we have some major news before then. Like, we're at a point in the offseason where it's, it feels like it's been a bit since something crazy's happened. Like, let's, let's get Siakam on the move or some Agreed. actual traction with Dane. Yeah, or that'd something. be fun. Well, Sometimes. I will tell you this. I'll, I'll let the listeners in on a little uh, state secret. Got a source? If we... <laughs> Dame's getting <laughs> traded tomorrow. <laughs> if nothing wild happens over the next few days, our Sunday show promises to be a good one, even though it's dog days of summer, because Silva and I will be putting together the outline, and we're throwing it back to a show we did last year that I thought Ooh. was a huge hit. We are going to make up some headlines and ask you guys if this headline appeared yes. on the internet during next season, what does this mean? You're going to you you look back at what we it. said. We can. And then we're going to make new ones. Please look back it. at what we said. Please. We I had, some, we had some funny ones, some good <laughs> ones last year. Get so some we'll, quotes. we'll dig back into last year's episode some snippets. We'll figure out <laughs> what our quotes were, what our headlines were, what we said. And then we're going to make new headlines. We craft the headline you guys create the context of can, the story. Can I you do it. can you do one thing for us? As <laughs> you listen back to what the last group of fake headlines were, take the best quote that was said in each one and ask us nine months later, twelve months later, who said this quote about this headline? That'll <laughs> be very fun. We can totally do that. Okay. Also, for our listeners, you can make this. It, Two part part, uh, two part pod. Yeah, for our listeners, if you have any fun ideas for just like crazy out of context NBA quotes that you want these guys to create the story and the context around, <laughs> Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Threads, YouTube comments, whatever, send them over. We may steal some of yours as well. We'll obviously give you credit. But until then, you guys enjoy the rest of your week. Try to stay cool out there. It's as hot as the face of the sun. We will talk to you Sunday evening. Until then, as always, 
Bonjour.